This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. Well, this was championship week, so there's really only one game to talk about. <laughs> yep, there's only one. Um, I thought we'd do just like a real quick like lead and just kind of talk a little bit about how the game went on. And then we'll talk post game and a couple other things. Okay. Um, so first of all, I was really impressed with how Clemson came out. Um, oh yeah. Twice pinning LSU inside their five yard line. Oh yeah, that was amazing. It made and it slowed their da- offense down so much. Their offense looked bad. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I definitely figured that LSU would win, but even with that whole thing. I was thinking it was, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, Clemson is really putting on a show. They're going to keep it close. This is good. Um, so, yeah, that early part of that game was really impressive by Clemson. They went up, what, 17 to 0 at one point? Uh, no, not quite 17 0. I think it was 17 7. Yeah, it was never, well, end of the first quarter was 7 to 7. So, yeah, it was 17 7. Oh, okay. And then one minute later, LSU got a touchdown to make it 17-14. And then LSU scored two more touchdowns by the end of the quarter. So yeah. then at halftime, it was 28-17. to um, But yeah, so when, when Clemson was going, they were up 17-7. to I guess really at that point, to me, it just felt like it was 17-0. to Yeah, because the one touchdown that LSU had was a long bomb. That's it right. wasn't like a that. sustained drive. Yeah. And I felt like that was a lot of the of how LSU scored was like huge throws just torching the corners. Yeah. And I, the big and, thing is these corners are good. These corners are some of the best in the league, or at least they looked like the best in the league when they're playing against the ACC. Like, well, and they looked great against uh, Ohio State too. Yeah, right. So, I mean, this game wasn't one where I watched and went, oh, yeah, Clemson is, you know, didn't deserve to be up here. Right. Clemson had proved last week or the three weeks ago against Ohio State that, yeah, they deserve to be here. They were probably the second best team in the country. Right. But LSU really looked good. Yeah, they did. Um, and even when they were down 17-7, it didn't feel like the wheels were coming off. It was just the idea of, okay, here it goes. Like, they'll get going, they'll get going. And so it was really impressive that the rest of the game, after being down 17-7, they scored 35 points and only gave up one touchdown and a two-point conversion. So a 35-8 run after being down 17-7. Impressive. Yep, the second most impressive run of the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it was really, really cool. I mean, Joe Burrow had probably the best quarterback performance in a championship game ever. Um, he set the record. One of the, if not at least statistically, one of the best seasons by a quarterback ever. Yeah. If you, Um, at least, especially if you include the championship. I, I totally agree. I think he is, he may have just had arguably the best season any individual football player has had while also being on probably the best 
college football team ever. Right. Like that um, has and, to be said that that LSU team is likely one of the best teams, if not, or sorry, is one of the best teams, if not likely the best team that has ever played the college football sport. Yep. Um, so they beat seven of the 10 teams, seven, they beat seven top 10 teams. They beat all four teams that were ranked in the top four at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's crazy. Top That's four insane. preseason, they beat them all. They beat them all. Um, by an average margin of 21 points, no less. Yeah, by, yeah, exactly. By an average margin of 21. Like, this wasn't a situation where they, like, had a bunch of really good wins and they just, like, kind of got lucky on all of them and, and snuck it out. No, they just were the best team every single week without a doubt. Yep, and didn't have a single week where they slipped or faltered or... I mean, mm-hmm. they might have had a quarter here or there, but yeah. any team's going to have that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at their at their schedule, I mean, really, their, their first big game against Texas was probably the biggest scare. Yeah, that's true. But that was, that was week two. I mean, that's... You expect that early. Yeah. There are things that have to get figured out. Scouting is weird. But yeah. they yeah, still don't. just, the whole game, just ran right through and killed it. Yeah, um, yeah I seriously, I, I I know that some people think the 95 Cornhuskers are, pro, are, are the best, or the 2001 Miami right. is the best. Maybe they are, and I think the, there's a lot to say, but I mean... LSU has done things that no one else has done. And I think that's pretty fitting. So, I mean, I don't know if you're planning on talking about this at all or not, but so they announced their like top 10 all time college football players ever. Oh, ESPN. Yeah. They did yeah. like the hundred top t- or hundred college players, but yeah, this so, week sorry. they did the top 10. Sorry. Yeah. They, but they, at halftime, they announced the top 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I know none of the top 10 players were from the past decade. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure none of the players are from the past two decades. I could be wrong okay. on that, but I know for sure that past or the top 10 had zero players from the past decade, which mm-hmm. is bullshit. That's like, yeah. I, I, I get this. We look back on the old guys and, and we love them. We build them different nowadays, and and you might you might you know take that into account that maybe sure maybe in terms of his day, Jim Brown is the best player of all time of college football. I don't know. I never watched Jim Brown play a single game of football, so I can't be sure. Mm-hmm. But I I cannot believe of all the amazing players we've seen in the past decade, none of them broke the top ten. Yeah, I think that is a a really valid concern. I think a lot of the uh and I don't know, it's kind of weird. A lot of the guys who made the top, you know, 10, 11 or whatever, I think did really well based on their NFL career later kind of propelled them. That too, cuz like the top was like Jim Brown and Herschel Walker and all yeah, and Roger that... Staubach, yeah. uh, Barry Sanders, Dick Buckus. 
Like, nobody wants to listen to Vince Young when he choked in the NFL. When he, he didn't was do it in the NFL, exactly. Still an amazing, amazing player in college. Like, you yeah. can't discount I mean, that because they didn't do well in the NFL. Jameis Winston and Cam Newton probably are also in yeah. the list for top quarterbacks of, you know, the past 20 years, or top players of the past 20 years. But because in the NFL, Jameis is so wild, like, it just doesn't feel that it's right. We we let that NFL career taint it. Yeah, especially, yeah, recency bias is the word I'm going to use. Like, we have this, we forget Jameis Winston was this amazing in college because mm-hmm. we've seen how he did it in the NFL and we're like, oh, maybe it was just a fluke or the fact that he wasn't facing good defenses, which, sure enough, might be part of it. Doesn't make yeah. him any less of an amazing player in college. Yep. Like... I don't know. So I, I have issue with that. Uh, obviously, I haven't watched... I like barely watch college football as it is nowadays. I definitely mm. didn't watch back then, so I can't say whether or not. But I find it hard to believe that not a single player player in the top, last decade is a top 10 player. Yeah. Yeah. My, my big thing is... So I read a book by Bill Conley that's the top 50 greatest college football teams of all time and then like in parentheses or at least the most entertaining and interesting uh-huh. and basically i really liked it because it gave me that history like about red grange uh-huh. and how important red grange is okay. um and like it doesn't touch on everybody but it it you know touches on you know the 2007 boise state and how important that was yeah they probably weren't the best team that year but um, and so I th- feel like a lot of this is similar where, yeah, maybe they're not the greatest players, but they, they're some of the most important and being that important and that great combined is why they put them up here. Um, because yeah, I like maybe if Jim, Jim Brown was playing today, he would, he would just be another level above and just incredible. But maybe if, the players today were playing back then like you can't put them side to side yeah it makes it weird i think that that's the issue right there with any list that you try and compare like different generations like Mm -hmm. it's like people saying that they want to see michael jordan play in the nba right now it's it's like it's a completely different game yeah the game has changed completely since then so yeah like one that i thought was fascinating was Shaq has talked about how if he was coming up right now he wouldn't play Shaq basketball he would try and do what Giannis Antetokounmpo does that's who he would be um and it would just be totally different and so that's like what his son is trying to do is that and so even when you take just the raw size, the raw skill, people are smarter. People know what to do better. And so it's, you know, it's people just know impossible. People know how to train better. People know how to keep yeah. care of your body better. People know how the to analytics. rehabilitate injuries better. Yeah, analytics yeah. are on a completely different level. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was that was weird, but it was its own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so basically at halftime, I felt like LSU had the game won. Yeah. They were up 28 to 17. Um, I didn't feel like Clemson was going to come back. 
No. I texted uh, you about two, three minutes into me watching this game, and I told you that Clemson was going to win it. <laughs> and then at half or right before half, I texted you and said, LSU has this. Like, yeah. There was such a huge turnaround from those first few minutes when they were pinned deep in their own field yep. until that that one drive where they finally started on their twenty five. Yeah, when they yeah, when they stopped being afraid of the safety, yeah. they could open up their offense and actually do Just something. Freaking launch it downfield. Yeah. And what yeah. Yeah. Just um, the, the 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 skill level of this team is amazing. Oh, yeah. They're I mean, wide receivers. They have like three or four NFL level wide receivers. I understand Chase is still a true sophomore, so he's not going to be in the NFL draft this year. Mm-hmm. But that dude played that guy one did. of the best games I've seen from a wide receiver. Yep. He just consistently was in the right place to beat the defender. The fact that he's torturing a quarter a cornerback that's I think I think he allowed the least or the lowest cornerback rating or something like that. The Clemson quarterback was one of the top cornerbacks in the country. And Chase made him look silly. And not just him, but just about anyone who lined up against him. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. They're just so good. Uh, Edwards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yep, that's the name. We need to get him a nickname because that's way too long. (laughs) But, like... He's he amazing. He, he, he yeah, he looks great. I can't wait for him to play be in the NFL. I think he'll do great there too. So, yep. Um, so in the third quarter, the when Clemson scored and made it twenty-eight to twenty-five, and they got the two-point conversion, was the only moment in after LSU got started that I went, okay, let's see about this. And then LSU pretty quickly after just said, no, this is done. Yeah, they put the game away right after that. And put the game away. And Joe Burrow got the single season touchdown record and then put another one on it. To be fair, he had a to whole... Be fair. To be fair. He had a completely... A whole complete game more than uh, Cole Brandon. Was that who it was at Hawaii? Cole Brennan. Cole, Cole. Brennan. Yeah. Yes. Like I paid attention to a, what a 2014 Hawaii quarterback. Yeah. Like, but he he did it in one less game than Joe Burrow. Um, two less touchdowns. Okay. Mm. You ready for? Uh, you ready for my validation on it? Go ahead. Burrow had three games where he didn't really play in the second half. That's true. I mean, I, I I can't speak to the, yeah. The, I'm not saying he's not amazing. I'm pretty sure. Actually, four games. He, looking at it, the, I believe it was a championship game. It could be a different game. I'm pretty sure it's a championship game, though. He was rated PFF the 94.6, which is the highest by a college quarterback ever. Yep. Which I he mean, also, ever in the PFF era, of course. He also set the high the record for the best uh, efficiency QB efficiency ever. Wow. Um, last year, Tua set the record at 199.6, and no quarterback had ever broken 200. This year, we had three guys break 200. And Wait, who were the other uh, two? Hertz? Hertz and um, Tua. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess Tua technically maybe doesn't count because he had to play in a certain number of games, and I think he was like right on the line. I don't remember if he counted or not. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he set. So then Burrow ended up setting the record at two oh six. Wow, that's really high. That's impressive. Yeah, so no one had ever been a, been above two hundred. Last year was the first time anyone was even like really that close, and he just shattered it. Yeah. So, it's incredible amazing. season by by Burrow. I mean, one hundred percent deserves the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Just everything, just incredible. Um, yeah, he deserves better than the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, he kind of does. Because but, there's I, a decent chance he just looks at like a slightly better Andy Dalton. Yeah. No matter how. Yeah, I do. I do think so. So. Which sucks. Yeah. Which really, really sucks. Um, but the thing that I think, you know, now we'll wrapping up the game. The thing that sucks is that within 24 hours of this, Joe Brady left LSU and he's now going to coach Carolina. I mean, it's really good for Carolina. I think that's amazing hire for Carolina. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that I saw that I agree with is LSU looked this good with Clyde Edwards Alaire running that system. Imagine when it's Christian McCaffrey doing it for the Panthers. Yeah, like, he's, he has so many plays ready for CMC. Yeah, it's like, gonna be incredible. Yeah, they're gonna be really fun to watch. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for that. Um, I wish that uh, McCaffrey was like. I wish this was a situation where it wasn't McCaffrey that was going to have this killer season next year, but where it could instead be somebody that I could conceivably try and like make a deal for early in the fantasy football season. Right. There's no way anybody's giving up run CMC right There's now. There's no way anybody's dealing McCaffrey no matter what. Yeah. No, he's going number one overall. If he doesn't, people are losing their minds. Yeah. I'm saying it right exactly. now. If you're not picking CMC number one over, I would have picked him number one overall this year and would have, felt amazing all year because of well it's not true he had a few few games but overall he had enough games where he put up 30 and 40 points yeah where you're gonna be okay when he only puts up 15 one week yeah you live with the down week that's still as good as an average running back yeah yeah like uh, yeah if you're not picking him number one overall i don't know what you're doing yeah so i was i was bummed that like I, I wish it was another running back that I could be that I could have that like inside track on of yeah. like, oh yeah, like I'm the one who knows that, you know, I don't know Duke Johnson. Yeah, Duke Johnson's gonna have an incredible year this year, but nope, nope. it's it's somebody that's already gonna impossible to pick up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I feel super bad for LSU because they're losing. Brady, they're losing Burrow, they're losing a lot of top players. Um, I still think Coach O is going to have them there, but if they're just—they're not going to be. They're not going to—they're not going to be this good. That's for sure. Like I don't think they're even going to be competitive. Well, I think they'll be somewhat competitive for the division, but I don't think they're going to be a top ten team next year. And that sucks to yeah, to not. drop. I mean, that's the natural cycle. You don't 
most teams are not Bama and Clemson. You don't expect to win a title and be in the championship game year in, year out. But I just, I don't, I don't see LSU repeating. I love Coach O, but I don't think it's necessarily that he's that amazing of a coach. Um, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he had Brady and he had the right pieces. And so now it'll just be maybe, maybe. We'll uh, see. We'll yeah. see what Coach O can do. I liked him at uh, Oregon. No. USC. He was at USC. I couldn't. I, I got. I was. I, I had USC. And then I was like, wait, no. Was he at Oregon? I, I can't even remember who I'm thinking of. But No. I like Coach O a lot. I'll say that. So yeah, I love Coach O. I'm really oh, hoping that LSU is good next year just because of Coach O. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do get a lot of recruits. Um, they still got a lot of weapons on their team, despite losing a bunch of people to the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Probably not a top 10 team. You're right. I think they're just losing too many weapons. Um, and other teams have spent this year kind of building for next year, kind of with just that natural cycle that college has. Mm-hmm. Like if you're exactly. not Alabama, where you're getting 10, four and five star recruits every year, you're going to have down years and up years. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, but now to the post-game festivities. Oh, man. Um, so first we'll start with the one that's not that controversial. Well, not even controversial. Um, so the LSU players in the locker room were smoking cigars. <laughs> and the thing that I love is that it was Carl Malone's like company, cigar company. Oh, really? Yeah, because his That's son awesome. used to play for LSU and is now like a strength coach for LSU. Oh, that's awesome. So and he just so got him a bunch of cigars? Carl Malone cigars, yeah. Nice. Oh, that was so great. And uh, I heard a cop came into the locker room and threatened to to arrest all of them. Yeah, yeah. So there were a couple Notre Dame fans, um, and one of them did go in and tell him that they had to stop or he was going to arrest them. So, um, and if you're not in on the joke there, all Notre Dame fans are cops and all cops are Notre Dame fans. It's it, the Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. So, um, so just keep that in mind. That's how they allow Notre Dame to go to the playoff every year. Um, keep them happy and independence is by letting them be the officers at the game. <laughs> okay. So, um, same way they let the Pac-12 be the refs. So, oh, man. Um, I Pac-12. thought the refing for the most part was fine. I don't think it was that poorly refed. We have one play in particular that we just completely disagree on. Yeah. Um. So it was the targeting on Zelinsky. Is that what his name was? I don't even care. It was still bull. <laughs> it's. It's one of those things where I just look at it, I'm like the so targeting has the two the two parts. One, if it's forcible contact to the head or neck area of a it defenseless was, player. And is two, really the, the like his shoulder pad really the head or neck area? Like can we no, no, start no. there? Yeah. So like that like a a helmet to the shoulder should just be a part of a football team. It's true. And that wasn't the issue, partly because he's not a defenseless player. 
Right. Okay. So that part one of the targeting rule is not what broke the the rules. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Sorry. I thought you the said there part... was two things where you had to do both. And I was like, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. There's, there's two. And if you do one or the other, that's it. Um, the second one is if you lower your head, hit with the crown of your helmet, and you have to make like a like a diving motion you have to launch that's what the word is you have to launch in can we just call it attempt to tackle because that's what it that's what it well, is no because you can you can tackle right just, you know, there, there's a difference between there. standing there and tackling but he was still and even running even running and tackling launching someone. sounds so much worse than he was trying to tackle the player. His helmet was for going for the other player's helmet. So he lowered his helmet to not make helmet to helmet contact. Like he's taught takes clean. Oh, he's not taught to tackle like that. Oh, well, not the helmet, the, the crown of the helmet, but exactly. He's, he's not taught, taught to duck his head. He's, taught he's not, to not taught make to helmet, helmet contact like that. I, I think he got to that point and had no idea what to do. And it might have been what I think it is, is he's a big hitter that too. And he tried to lay a big hit. And by laying the big hit, he ducked his head. And that is that's it's textbook. Just because it's, something's textbook doesn't mean the rule isn't bullshit. That's how people snap their necks. That's you football. don't even need to do anything. Yeah, that's the problem. That's what they're trying to change. That's why they're trying to fix it. Is that what happens is kids see tackling like that, they tackle like that, they break their necks, or they grow up and they have that tackling form and they don't have a way to fix it easily. That's why targeting has dropped off from what it was the first couple seasons. It's not called as much because they're not targeting as much. They're learning. But that one was one where it was just as easy as could be. It is clear targeting. He's tackling in a form that's going to snap his own neck. We, it's, we're it's never going to agree because we saw this play differently. Well, you agree he had his head ducked. He hit I with the agree. crown he of his hit helmet. With the helmet, crown of his helmet. That's what he and did. That's wrong. it. He he hit with the crown of his helmet and launched, and that's it. That's the basic thing. If you do that, you're you're taking a chance that you're going to snap your own neck. It's and and they the he shouldn't have NFL been th- and college football he shouldn't won have that been disqualified from the national championship because of that tackle. That's bullshit to me. He shouldn't have tackled like that. Easy as can be. Easy as can be. That's easy to say from your couch at home, you fucking fat ass. Like I know. it's so much different on the field. The players coming at you and you try and tackle him and like. Oh, I, I know. I know I it think is. It's hard. That, that like a split second decision rule. like that with zero intent, he gets thrown out of the game. Like if he had lowered what his helmet to like that and, and like basically headbutt him in the helmet, kick his ass out. So, but, but the idea of zero intent, how often do you really see flags where there's an intent to to have a flag? How often do you see it where somebody has a false start, where they intended a false start? Intent doesn't matter. What you did Intent is what does matters. for kicking somebody out of the game. Not by the rule. If book. somebody is going to kick the ball 
and somebody dives in front of the ball and he kicks him in the head, is he going to get kicked out of the game? Compared Wait, to so he's if, kicking out the ball. Yeah, he's kicking. He's trying to kick the ball. The player jumps in front of the ball and he ends up kicking him in the head. I don't know what the rule is for for kicking. It, but, like, because you can't kick the ball. That's on a field goal. Oh, so you're just saying somebody's trying to? Yeah, probably some, not. But instead, if he's on the ground and a player goes up and kicks him that hard in the helmet, you want him out of the game, correct? And he would be thrown out of the game because the intent is there. The, the. Okay. That's the difference. It's. So then, how is this not the same? As a player, like, the intent is for him to hit him with his helmet. That's what he meant to do. The player, the wide receiver didn't just dive into his head. So you're you're creating a false analogy. The wide receiver didn't initiate contact into his head. The I same mean, way that if somebody's trying to block a kick, the guy who's blocking it is initiating contact. The wide receiver didn't initiate it, anything. It's the not wide, a perfect analogy. Linebacker. I wasn't making a perfect analogy to targeting. I was making an analogy to intent. There's a reason intent matters. Not according to the tech, to the targeting rule book. That's what I'm arguing about, you f- dumbass. I, I'm not saying that according to the rule, what they did was wrong. I'm saying the rule is wrong and garbage and needs to be changed because a play like that shouldn't end somebody's game in the national championship. But it should have because in that – so where there's the two rules, the one that's forcible head, head to the neck and the one where you dive your head, I would argue that the diving your head should always be ejected. The forcible head or neck, uh, I think intent should matter because if you're ducking your head like that, that is, that's putting your, yourself in danger. That's snapping your own neck. That's you doing that. That's no one else. That's kind of adjusting because in that scenario, the intent was there. No one pushed his head down. I I he would argue he was forced to move his helmet, but no, whether he, he had he to lower the crown of his helmet or not, his helmet was going for the offensive player's helmet. He had to Which adjust. At that point, it does not decision. matter because the player, the guy was not a defenseless receiver. So what you're saying is you would rather him go in for this exact same tackle where he's going to level him and go helmet to helmet with the guy, knock his ass out, probably cause permanent damage to him rather than him move his head out of the way and potentially cause damage to himself. No. What I'm saying is he should do a textbook tackle and what happens what the wide receiver does on the other side you cannot control and so do the right tackle don't put your own neck on the line do the tackle the right way that's it and that's why i think that the the part with the to forcible contact to the head or neck should be one where intent is measured but where you duck your own head shouldn't be because the intent is already there. It's hard to argue with. I know. With I, I still don't think he should have been thrown out of the national championship game, but I, you do have an argument. And if I go in for player safety here, then. Yep. Um, so let's go back to the. Maybe that's what's best for the game, even if it's not fun to watch. Yep. 
let's go back to the post-game festivities and let's go to what we really want to talk about. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. Dumbass. After the game, just celebrating by just handing wads of cash over <laughs> to any of the players. Like uh, very most famous one. Very right in front it. of the camera. Like Oh yeah. And like clearly in front of the camera. Like he knew he was on camera. Yeah. They were acting uh, for the camera. It was a show for the camera. Yeah. Um where he was like counting out the bills as he was handing it to the players. Yeah. Um, not like subtle at all. The greatest, dumbest thing he could have done. I think that would have been funny if it had in fact been fake money like they tried to play it off as. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm still not a huge fan of the optics of it, but it is pretty funny to see an LSU player come onto the field, count out money and hand it to him. Yeah. It's just the fact that it's real money that's like I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. The optics look super dumb. Yeah. It like <sighs> it's just you, you can't get stupider than that. No. No, you can't. Um that's just poor like OBJ decision making in a nutshell. Oh yeah. And my favorite part is it's the whole idea that like OBJ knew what he was doing and he probably knew that he's been giving money to these guys on the side anyway. And he was just like, who cares? I mean, they're not student athletes anymore, so who cares? Yeah, they're done. Like, So one of them was Jefferson, who was a junior but was expected to declare for the draft. That's the most famous video. Right. He's given it to Jefferson. And so Jefferson already declared for the draft, so like that doesn't really matter. Like, LSU can still get punished. But honestly, and I this might be weird, like, honestly, LSU probably shouldn't really be punished for it that much no because if one of your alumni is handing cash to another graduated student what and neither of them are ncaa eligible or ever affiliate with anything ncaa ever again who cares like what does it matter um like i, I get think... the idea that you can't have that type of promise that's outstanding like where bobby wagner says to the utah state football players yeah if you guys win the mountain west or whatever i'll come and give you guys each 200 bucks or whatever he wants to say right you can't have that type of offer standing but at the same time like i don't think lsu should be punished because two other people that are graduated were dumb I don't think they necessarily should be. I agree with you. I think they're going to because oh, they, it just yeah, looks very bad for the NCAA if all of yeah. people openly playing their players on camera. Like right it's been this this quote unquote secret thing that's not really secret that players have been being paid under the table all these years. But they yep. don't want it on TV in the national yeah. championship in front of the largest crowd college football has gotten all year. Yep. Like it was beautiful. And, and I love how LSU all over lied. Twitter. And then, yeah. And then, and then and it's like, Oh, it's LSU fake lied. bills, fake bills. Yeah. They're novelty bills. My favorite was, I think it was today, Tuesday that we're recording this. Joe Burrow came out and was like, well, I'm not a student athlete anymore. So I don't mind telling you, yep, they were real bills. 
Yeah, that was real money. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're oh my right. gosh. there's nothing the NCAA can do. I yeah. mean, can you imagine them getting? I mean, they're, the NFL I mean, is not going to do anything. They could take away his Heisman. They, they could. That's what they did to Reggie Bush. I understand that. Like, but, I, I still think that's bullshit. But, but like, the difference here is, um, Reggie Bush got paid before. Like, I mean, Joe idea. Burrow got paid before. Let's be real. Oh, he he definitely did. But until they have money to track it, right. until they can show this is it. Um. Yeah, that's if they took his Heisman away from this, they'd get so much backlash. I mean, they would, but also they'd get a lot of backlash if they don't do anything for it. Yeah, if they don't do anything at all, you're right. But yeah, like the one that I saw that was interesting, and it's just a stupid take, but uh, Boney Fuller, the uh-huh. BYU meme account that is sometimes funny, but sometimes just ridiculously stupid. Uh, they tweeted out a thing that was like. Um, L- the NCAA when they see LSU players being paid and it was like the bird box Sandra Bullock uh, and then the NCAA when they see that a BYU player filled out paperwork wrong and it was like somebody's eyes like popping out of their head because um, yeah I mean the BYU player got in trouble because he declared for the dra- NBA draft uh, hired an agent which he was allowed to do. Um, the agent paid for some stuff he couldn't because he wasn't planning on coming back to the and or to BYU. Found out his draft grade wasn't very good. Decided to go back to BYU. Paid the agent back, but filled out paperwork about it wrong. And so then when he shows up back at BYU, the NCA said, "Well, you broke the rules, and you." your paperwork is wrong, so you're suspended for nine games, which I think is pretty fair. I think it's... I mean, the NCAA is super hypocritical in everything they do, but yeah, he did actually break the rules. They suspended him for non-conference games. He was back by the start of uh, December. He's fine. But to immediately assume that the NCAA isn't going to do anything about this LSU thing is stupid because they're going to do something even if it's just for the visual sake of it. Yeah. I don't agree with that BYU player being punished. If he, all of the decisions he made were under the assumption that he was going to the NFL draft, or sorry, the NBA draft. NBA, yeah. And then when he decided he was going back, he paid everything back. Who cares? I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, but it's the whole idea. It's not that- like he waited till he got paid by the NBA and then paid. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he like. Yeah. Profited off this in any way. The rules were in place, and there was it was said specifically: if you are going to come back, this is what you can do. And he said. I don't want to come back, so I'm not going to do that. So then that's it. I mean, he made his choice. He changed his mind, and I'm fine with that. I think he should be able to come back. But if you if you decide to do one thing, and then because you changed your mind later, there's a penalty, he remedied that should it, be though. what it is. He remedied what? it before he came back. He didn't, but some things, even if you remedy it, you still already broke the rules 
and yeah, there has the, to be a punishment. I agree with some rules. I don't think this is one of those rules. I I, I mean, I'm I don't think we're ever going to agree on that either. Yeah. But yeah, so that's basically all I have to say about the NCAA tournament or the not NCAA tournament, the uh, championship game, the the playoff. Um, I've got other stuff I'll talk about in the next few weeks as okay. we're wrapping up the NFL season. Um, I'll talk about with the uh, uh, college football season because I have no other college football news for the next little while. So, so I'm just going to save stuff quite later. Over, is it? Silly seasons, it's wrapping up. It's mostly done, but okay. I'll I'll wrap up silly season later. Okay. Well, I just mean you 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 have some stuff to talk about. Yeah. But okay. Um, Vikings Forty Niners. Um, I didn't watch the end of this game. It wasn't worth it, but I did watch um, the beginning of this game. Um, and they went to half pretty even. I believe it was fourteen to ten by half. Um, I think mm-hmm. the Vikings had to settle for a field goal at the end of the, the half instead of getting a touchdown, but 14 to nice. 10, um, mm-hmm. 49ers got the ball back. Um, they go down the field, kick a field goal. Uh, next drive, Richard Sherman has an interception, great interception, by the way. Um, they ran eight straight run plays for a touchdown. And from that moment on, the game was over. Yeah. Like it was 24 to 10 and the 49ers were just so dominant. Just controlling it. Yep. And so I, Brolo last week made a claim that Kirk Cousins was a top 10 quarterback. Kirk Cousins is not a top 10 quarterback. Kirk Cousins proved this week he's not a top 10 quarterback. Brolo texted me this week and said, okay, maybe it went a little bit too hard on the hype for Kirk Cousins. Um, To be fair, he was one of the last eight quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yes, he did better than a lot of other quarterbacks in that effect. But I would argue that the Vikings have one of the most – well-built rosters in the league like dalvin cook i've talked about it is one of the best running backs in the league adam thielen and stefan diggs um and kyle rudolph eh, not not so much anymore but at least the two they're probably the best duo wide receivers in the league i can't think of anyone better um and then kyle rudolph is a serviceable uh tight end their whole defense is stacked like they're, oh, I'm going to forget his name. Their linebacker, Kendricks. Is it Eric Kendricks? Kendricks? Okay. Yeah. Eric Kendricks, the linebacker. Um, amazing. On two plays, he read um, Garoppolo and mm-hmm. jumped the route before the wide receiver did. Um, okay. The first one, the wide receiver played defensive back and knocked the ball out. And the second one, they, he got the interception and like it's just an amazing defense. Their defensive line and their secondary are both just stacked and they it's one of the best rosters in the league. Like I would argue Kirk Cousins like I argued last week, Kirk's Cousins team makes him look better than he is. And I, I to be fair, I think there's other quarterbacks in the league that the same could be said. But mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else during the regular season 
got more of a benefit out of his team than Kirk Cousins did. And Kirk Cousins did. Yeah, um, that's probably fair. What was big in this game, um, other than I think the 49ers made a few adjustments at half and didn't give him another point? Like, that's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, that was good. Dalvin Cook had nine carries for 18 yards and six receptions for eight yards. The Vikings had seven three and outs and zero drives with more than seven plays. Wow. Like, that's good D. Yeah. Like, that's amazing D. Um, we, we knew their defensive line is amazing. Sherman showed up. Their, their whole secondary is. The 49ers are pretty damn good, all right? Like, I've been saying it all year. Well, most of the year. Um, but I think that the, the big thing for the 49ers is they have three running backs that can show up on a given week. Recently, it's been Mostert. Um, he's been having some amazing games. This game was Tevin Coleman. He had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um he looks great. Um, but, yeah, 49ers were dominant in this one. Um, they look good. The next game, I unfortunately slept through this one. Um, I wasn't feeling great, so I didn't mean to. I just started watching a Netflix episode in between games and didn't wake up until the game was Knocked over. Knocked you out. Um, but... Uh, I'll, I'll give you my analysis of the game. First off, Lamar which, Jackson. Will, will you tell me which game it was? Oh, did I never say the right Ravens? No, Titans? you just kept saying, oh. I slept through the next game. Oh, yeah, bad. the next game. The oh, next... yeah, I had this with the next game. Okay, well, you would have understood which game it was when I said that Lamar Jackson should never be passing 59 times. But oh, yeah. the Titans beat the Ravens 28-12, to 12, um, which is shocking. That um, was... I'm I'm all on the Titans train right now. I love it. I think that train is going to slam into a well next week, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Honestly, I thought the past two weeks they were slamming into a wall, so... I didn't. They, I thought they were going to be highly competitive with the Ravens. I just didn't think they were going to... And we'll talk about the scoreline shows them being a little bit more dominant than they were. Um, mm-hmm. But Lamar Jackson had more passing yards then the Titans had total yards. Yeah. And 143 rushing yards on 20 carries. Yep. People people this week are still talking about how Lamar is overrated in a bust because of one game. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's just that's just the world we live in now where if anything, if you lose a single game, you're a bust, even if you had an incredible game and it wasn't really your fault. Yeah. So this this happened to the Rams. If you remember 20, 2017, the first year of Sean McVay, the Rams mm-hmm. went 11 and 5, had the one of the best offenses in the league and were expected to make a playoff push. Wildcard weekend, they got blown out by the Falcons. The next year, they went to the Super Bowl. I expect a very similar trajectory for the Ravens. Yeah. So, I mean, the bigger thing is the Ravens were 14 and two and hadn't lost a game since like week four, but this is a young team with a young quarterback. They had drives that ended on the Titans 36, 31, 
the 4, the 18, the 31, the 15, the 16, and the 21. So they had five drives that were in the red zone or one yard outside the red zone. Yeah. Put up 12 points. Well, they had three turnovers and, and the Titans didn't have any. Well, so, yeah, the big thing was three turnovers, two interceptions and an interception, or in a fumble by Lamar. Mm-hmm. And the Titans came up huge on fourth down. The Ravens yep. went 0 for 4 on fourth down, which is why they had so many drives and in the Titans in the red zone. Yep. without scoring. Um, yep. Another one, Derrick Henry, again, you know, just continued to Beast. carry his team. He's just amazing. The last yep. eight games, the last eight games, he has 203 carries, 1,273 rushing yards. He's averaging 6.27 yards per carry and has mm-hmm. 11 touchdowns. That's the record for the most yards in an eight-game stretch ever, 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 wow. ever. So many running backs are trying to just get to 1,000 yards in the in season, 16 yeah. games in twice the amount it took him to get 1200 yards. Not yeah. only that, Derrick Henry had my favorite play of the game and my favorite play that has ever been called in the game of football. And that the is jump the pass. jump pass by the running back. Yeah. But to be fair, Tannehill was wide open and he missed him. He was wide open, but it didn't matter. Didn't matter. So great. I love that play so much. It's uh, it's amazing. Cal I, I still remember Cal run this ran this in like twenty ten or maybe even earlier than that. I still mm-hmm. remember that play. Still amazing. Well, I mean play. the Tebow jump pass is like the most famous. Yeah, Tebow Tebow did a, do an amazing jump pass. Um mm-hmm. It's just an amazing play, so fun to watch, and it's so easy to catch teams off guard. I don't know, like um, it's a good one. It's, it's, a, good a, it's one. a great one. Yeah. Um, Mark Ingram clearly wasn't hundred percent in this game. I don't think he probably should have even been playing in this game, but you know, it's a playoff game. And of course they're football players. So they're going to sacrifice their body to play. Um, yeah. I still think they should have given the ball to Gus Edwards more. He only had three carries and had 20 yards. That's mm-hmm. you. You have an injured running back and then you have your backup running back averaging over six yards a carry. I don't know, man. Like I, yeah. at no point, you're down 16 points. That's that's two possessions. Like the big thing, Titans loaded the box with at least eight or nine players almost every play. Like that box was loaded, so the run game was stifling. Like there's nowhere to go, so they forced him to pass. Like again, I said Lamar Jackson should never be passing the ball 59 times. Like, of mm. course, when you pass 59 times, you're going to have a couple interceptions. Oh, yeah. Like, any, I'd like to see any cornerback throw 60 times and not have at least one interception, if not two. Yeah, um, I mean, you really think about it, throwing it 60 times, and if you say that they have a uh, 2% chance of throwing a pick, then they should have, uh, they should have an interception in that game. Yeah, and maybe even two, and that's a pretty good low interception probability. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's not bad. That's not bad at all. 
The issue is the touchdowns, but that's another problem. Yeah, that. I mean, this 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 game happens on another night, and a couple things go different, and the Ravens end up getting three out of the four fourth down conversions, and it's probably a completely different game, and it's probably thirty five twenty eight Ravens. Like, mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, I I didn't verify this stat, so I could be completely wrong. The Titans had one drive over thirty five yards. Mm-hmm. One drive put up twenty eight points and had one drive over thirty five yards. Amazing. One that means you're getting amazing field position off your defense or in special yeah. teams. And two, I, I I don't know. I don't know if there's a two. I think the two is they're going to have to put up bigger drives than 35 yards against the Chiefs. Now, I mm-hmm. would argue the f- that even though the Chiefs' defense in that second half basically shut out the Texans, um, the Ravens do have the better defense. I, I, I don't think that's arguable. Um, mm-hmm. They clearly have the better secondary, and I would I would argue... Especially this week when Chris Jones wasn't healthy. Um, I think the Ravens probably have a better defensive line, but I do think it's close. Um, but going to that Texans-Chiefs game, oh, man. This was this was truly an amazing game. So I got the um, timing wrong on this game. I thought it started at 1240. It started at 1205. No, okay. I turned on the game 21 to 0 Texans. So you were the problem. You were the one that did this to the Texans. Well, so after turning on the game, so so to to describe what I missed, there was a blocked punt that was returned for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then on the next drive, um, they muffed a punt and got like a 25-yard touchdown, and then they had scored on their first drive. Mm -hmm. So they go up 21-0. to Mm -hmm. I turn on the game. The Texans are driving down the field. Um, No, I turn on the game. They had just scored 21 points. Um, Chiefs went down the field and and had to punt the ball. Mm -hmm. The Texans got the ball drove down the field on f- fourth and inches on the Chiefs 13 early in the second quarter. It looked like they were going to kick a field or go for it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the play clock is running low. They call a timeout and they kick a field goal. Asked later, Bill O'Brien said that he didn't have a play there that he liked. <clears throat> really? You don't have... It's not like you had already picked your play. You're telling me you don't have a single fucking play as an NFL coach to run on fourth and inches at the 13-yard line? Not a single play. Not a single play that you like? That's a coaching problem. Yeah, that is. Um, So they kick a field goal. It's 24-0. At this point, Brolo is like, you might as well just turn off the game. And I, I almost did, but I had this thought in the back of my head that was like, it's the Chiefs. It's only the second, the beginning of the second quarter. 
Like Yeah, like the Chiefs scoring 24 and a half, it doesn't feel at all out of hand. Yeah. So let alone like, a quarter. It was like all we need is for one good quarter. And that's what the, the after that field goal is when all of a sudden the Chiefs turn it on. Mm-hmm. So um the Chiefs drive down the field, score a touchdown, mm-hmm. um, kick the ball off to the Texans. The Texans are stopped at their own 31-yard line, fourth and four. They decide that here they're going to go for a fake punt, which I actually don't dislike all that much. It's Mm -hmm. the fact that you kick the field goal fourth and inches on their 13, but go for the fake punt on your 31 on fourth and four. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get the idea of catch them off guard. Yeah, and that's what it was. But he he thought we can catch him off guard. It's gonna be it's gonna swing the momentum back in our favor. We're mm-hmm. up seventeen points. Like we mm-hmm. can like I think the idea was like worst case scenario, they get a quick seven and we're still up ten. But Dan Sorensen, I I never wanted to say Dan Sorensen's name again. I really hoped that he just disappeared into a void, never to be heard of again. Um <laughs> He had a good game. He had an amazing game. So he's the one that snuffed out from the beginning this fake punt. Um, you can mm-hmm. see him moving with the uh, like towards the edge from the beginning and like mm-hmm. just makes the play. Um, Chiefs obviously with a short field goal or field position score mm-hmm. on the kickoff. Dan Soren and gets in again, forces a fumble. Like just pops the ball out. The ball just drops right into DT's hand, just right into Darwin's yep. Thompson's spread basket. Yep. And you can see for a second he forgot he wasn't in college anymore and could return the ball because he like he like takes it and then he you see him like kind of look to his teammates and like oh and then he just like takes off. Yeah. And it's like, did you see the video of him? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh my gosh! So there's a a video of him in the locker room after, uh-huh. and uh, people compared it to. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. The guy from Ant Man is it Michael Pena? I think it's Michael Pena, but the okay. the Hispanic guy in Ant Man who just like saying. tells a story super fast and he just keeps going. And he just they are yeah. like that is that is Darwin Thompson because yeah. he was just like yeah. And so then the ball popped up and I caught it and I was like, can I run with this? And I was like, oh yeah, I can. And so I was <laughs> like, yeah, I gotta go. And then he's like, so then I started running and I had my buddies around me and it was like that thing where he was just like, That's it was just a great story. It, it, it was so good. That is my favorite part of Ant-Man. So I'll probably have to find that video. In yeah, fact, was, that might be just about the only part of Ant-Man that I really truly enjoyed, but yeah, you know. But yeah. So I loved it that, that DT had the good interview and then also had a, had, had a good play. Yeah. Th- I mean, it just hurts because if he had taken off from the get-go, he might have been able to get the angle to get in the end zone. But I, yep. I still think there was enough people there that he probably wouldn't have gotten to the end zone. But he would have made it a lot closer. Anyways, doesn't matter. They scored really quick. Um, so after the field goal, Kansas City scored 41 straight points 
and went had seven straight touchdown drives, the first time in history that any team has done that. Um, Kelsey was huge in this game. Um, seven of those straight touchdowns. Kelsey had three straight touchdowns. He had 10 receptions, 134 yards in this game. And Kelsey was originally on the injury list for this game. We weren't sure if he was going to play. Um, I think it was one of those like minor injuries where he was really not really that much in risk of not playing, but we didn't really know until, you know, Just close game to game time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's not a, it was probably just like a gamesmanship of, Oh, is Kelsey going to be in this game or not? Like, but I don't know, man. Um, so they're the first team in history of the playoffs to be down 20 and then win by 20. Um, yeah. I mean, you definitely don't expect that to happen. No. So it doesn't surprise me. That's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. No, like, and so the Pats, the, the common, the common, um, com- comparison for this game is the Patriots coming back from being down 28 to three to the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Patriots were down by 25 points and took 23 minutes to tie it. 23 in-game minutes. The Chiefs were down by 24 and took nine and a half minutes to take the lead. Wow. Um, the, I'll say this. Last week, I came on this podcast and said, I think the Texans need to give Duke Johnson the ball more. They need to hand him the ball more, get him more involved in their game plan if they want to win. Duke Johnson got one carry in this game. Now, I realize that for the second half, you were starting to get blown out and you probably had to go more towards the pass because you were down so much. But one, you need really still in those cases need to sneak in a run play here and there just because you can catch defenses off guard by the least. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I just... I just I think Bill O'Brien should get fired for this game. I think it was that bad on his behalf. Like, I don't like him as a coach, and I think the Texans would be a hell of a lot better with a better coach. Um, so I'm really hoping for the Texans' sake for next year that Bill O'Brien is fired. Don't know who they're going to pick up at this point, but I struggle to think that they can't find someone better than Bill O'Brien. Um, to the final game of last week we have the Seahawks Packers game I didn't get to watch this game because we were doing something else but um, Devontae Adams was huge for the Packers in this one eight receptions 160 yards for two touchdowns Um, (laughs) Russell Wilson really tried to carry his team um, but he just his team's not good enough to go to a Super Bowl. That's really what it was. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So the big decision people come back to is with under three minutes left, I believe it was from their own thirty six yard line, fourth and eleven, they punt the ball rather than going for it. Um and they never got that ball back and they lost from there and everyone's like, Oh, that's a terrible play. And it's like, it looks terrible, but how many times have we seen a team like that punt, get a three and out, get the ball back, and you have you just the two minute warning just happened, 
and you have yeah. three timeouts and you're down by five. You just have to score one touchdown. Yeah. It, I mean, it's fourth and long. You're on your own side of the field. Like you got to show some trust in your defense there. And they didn't, I mean, the defense didn't do their job there, but you really can't expect to, to win in a scenario where let's say they go for it and don't get it. Say they just, it's no gain. Now all of a sudden the Packers are basically in field goal range up by five with two minutes left. They could basically just run the ball up the middle and make the field goal to extend it to eight. And then that's it. Yeah. Like, like you, if, the field, if the field was flipped, if this was on the Packers 36, yep. I'm yep. probably going for it. I, nah, I'm definitely going for it. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Unless, unless the only reason I would punt there is one, if I knew my punter could punt them deep or pin them deep, and I know my defense can make the stop. If my defense is on fire, I might give it to my defense. Um, the one yep. thing I will say is Russell Wilson had been kind of on a tear coming into this. So that's kind of why people were like, your quarterback's hot. Aaron Rodgers is also hot. Like, trust your quarterback over your defense. But I I, I agree. I think if you go for it and miss there, the chance You're of you winning is yeah. so less. The momentum that the other team gets will be huge. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is run out the clock, kick a field goal. Then you're forced to drive down the whole field, score a touchdown, and the, get the two points just to go to overtime. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it's the whole idea that if you don't get the fourth down there, the game is over, you've lost. Yeah. If you do, congrats, you're at about the 50-yard line with with two and a half minutes left. That's it. Where if you punt it, Best case scenario, they muff it. You get the ball good field position. Yeah. Um, maybe you force a safety, you know, then get the ball back, whatever. Worst case scenario, well, worst case scenario, they can run it back. But realistically, they're going to, your defense is going to have a shot to get you the ball back potentially with better field position. Right. So you so got to do it. The one stat that I think is just so important for this game. According to PFF, Russell Wilson was sacked five times and was mm-hmm. pressured 50% of his dropbacks. Wow. That is insane. That's incredible. Seahawks, draft some offensive linemen. I yeah. realize you have one of the best, most mobile quarterbacks in the league. He's going to be so much better with a good offensive line in front of him, I promise. Also, please get in like one great wide receiver. Yeah. That's all he really needs. I Put mean, along uh, DK. Yeah, like with because DK, DK's done well, but yeah, I mean, have somebody that that pairs with him. Yeah, I I think this team could be really good next year if they get a few pieces in the draft. We'll see. Yep. Like, and it, you can say that about just about any team. So, um, yeah. They're not in the playoffs next week, so not talking about them until at least after the Super Bowl. Um, so looking forward to next week or this week, whatever. The, this week, yeah. Um, first, we have the Titans and Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by seven points in this one. 
I'm going back and forth on this. I, I ultimately, I think that's probably a pretty good spot for it. Like, yeah, I think that's a fair line. I, I am with you. I think the Titans are really good and they're on a hot streak right now. If I hadn't watched that game against the Texans, if the game had gone differently, I'd probably give it to the Titans. But here's my thing. As good as the Titans' defense is, they're not going to be st- able to stop completely stop Patrick Mahomes and this offense. Yeah, they're not holding. They're going to be able to put up thirty, at least thirty points. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't see them holding them less than maybe twenty-eight points at the least. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Tannehill in a shootout. Yeah, I agree with that. The way the Titans win is they get ahead early. And then they run it down your throat with Derrick Henry. And a mm-hmm. quote I love from Marshawn Lynch from ages ago is nobody likes it when you smack him in the face over and 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 over. He went on for about a minute, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. Like over and over and over again. Derrick Henry had 30 carries. Like yep. he's constantly just pounding these people. That's got to wear you down by the end of the game. Like, mm-hmm. but. On the flip side, if the Chiefs can get going early and not go down early in this game, I don't see a way the Titans win this game. Like, I don't see the Titans ever winning in a shootout. Oh, yeah. No, Titans can't play catch up. So the only way they win this is if they get ahead early and they can do what the Texans couldn't, and that's slow down the Chiefs' offense while keeping your offense productive. Because that was the thing with the Texans where they couldn't slow down the Chiefs offense and they couldn't get their offense going despite the fact having a 24-point head start. Um, Mm -hmm. So I definitely do have the Chiefs winning this one. The Titans will be competitive in this game. I just think the Chiefs offense is too too good. I think they're going to look dominant in this one. Um, Next one is the Packers 49ers, and the 49ers are actually favored by 7.5. I feel like that's too high. I agree with you. Like, the 49ers are good, and I, I, I honestly think that is heavily influenced. And I don't know, maybe not, but I feel like that's heavily influenced, or people's perceptions are, are at least heavily influenced by the game earlier this, this year when the 49ers banked the Packers. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's not a bad thing to look at i mean no and that that's kind of the best thing to look at yeah it's the best comparison you can have you you do in this case you don't have to say well when they played the ravens which kind of are a similar team this is how they Mm -hmm. did it's when they played the 49ers they got gouged by explosive plays Mm -hmm. I, i mean that's true about basically any team that beat them this year is they are one of the best defenses at pass defense, except for explosive plays. Um, Brett Coleman, who's one of my favorite like YouTube analysts for football. Um, he was talking about this and um, he outlined when they're in man, which they're not in man very often, but when they're in man, look for Aaron Rodgers to go deep because that's when they're the, the schemes are able to, uh, I mean, not Aaron Rodgers. What, look for Garoppolo to go deep um, because okay. that's when the, the matchups seem to be favorable and that's when people are beating the Packers' defense uh, as they're forcing 
um, the Packers to play man, and then they're just beating them one-on-one um, mm-hmm. with scheme and routes and this and that. And that's, that's, that's why I think the 49ers should be favored in this game. Um, yeah. Both of these teams have been really good all year. I think the Packers have slipped a lot more than the 49ers have. Um, but also, I just trust Kyle Shanahan more than I trust Matt DeFleur. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan is the better coach. I think he's going to scheme his team to success, and that's why I have the 49ers winning this game. Now, I have it closer to, like, uh, like 31-28. Maybe like thirty two twenty eight, but like a close game, competitive game. But I think the forty ers probably win this game, and they probably look pretty good doing it. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think a Chiefs forty ers Super Bowl is going to be amazing. Um, but. I think at this point, any four of these teams is going to produce in the Super Bowl. Um, so whatever game we get, I'll be excited for. Um, <laughs> that's about it for previewing and that stuff. Really oh. quickly, Luke Keekley out of nowhere, retired at 28. Um, yeah. If you aren't paying attention to Luke Keekley, you might be shocked by this. And the fact that he's 28, I think, is why people are shocked by this. But I remember that I think it was 2016 game where oh, he got yeah. like knocked out, and you just saw him like getting carted off the field, just bawling his eyes out. Like he mm-hmm. got smashed, and he's yeah. had a few scary concussions in his um in in his his years. So mm-hmm. I'm not shocked by this. Yeah, I, I just wasn't expecting I mean, it. I guess I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know, like when like, you when you were telling me about it like you're talking to me about it before my first thought was like well yeah he's had so many concussions i didn't really think about i didn't really realize that he was 28 he's fairly young yeah but at the same time it was a situation where i was like yeah but i i feel like looking at what's happened the past few years he's gotta just be done like he anyone who cares about him should be telling him hang it up man you've made money you've done well you've proved yourself like there's there's not much else to fight for right now, man. You've, Sorry. You've already had a Hall of Fame career. Let's not yeah. end your life for the game of football. Like, yep. we know you love it. And so the the quote he shared that, that kind of really showed where he was coming from. Um, well, there's actually two quotes. Um, was it but, the Marshawn Lynch, take care of your body, take care of your mind, mental, take care of your, chicken. care of your chickens? Yeah. No, it was not that one. It was... Uh, uh, there's only one way to play this game, and that's to play fast, physical, and to play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. Um, I think that's huge. Like, Part of that is, yeah, he's starting to get older, but I think part of that is I'm terrified of getting another concussion, so I feel myself kind of pulling off some of these plays, and I don't feel like that's how yeah, I want to play. Um, the other one which really kind of gives it, he said, I still want to play, but I don't think that's the right decision. Yeah. And that right there is like, yep. That's good maturity. Yep. That's, that's good self-awareness as well to know, like, listen, I love the game of football and would love to keep playing, but for my health and my safety, I can't play anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the other player that retired this week, I thought Antonio Gates retired last year. So when I saw on Twitter that he had retired this year, I was super confused. Because yeah, I was I was surprised as well. I was like, I, I don't remember seeing him on a single play. I, granted, <laughs> I didn't watch. I maybe watched one Chargers game all year. Yeah, but, like I, yeah, I definitely thought he had retired last year. He's a great player. Uh, great legacy. Yep. Like one of the the, the best at the position, but it's yeah. time to be done. Um. So, talked last week about um the Rams getting rid of the Wade Phillips and John Fossil. Um, so before I get on to our new coordinators, I just wanted to share this. So the PFF rankings for Wade Phillips for the last 10 years or so, his 2006 chargers were ranked third overall. His 07 Dallas team was eighth. His 08 Dallas team was 12th. His 09 Dallas team was second. His 10th, oh, 10, whatever, 10, 2010 Dallas team was 11th. 2011 team was 6th. 2012 Houston team was 12th. Um, we don't talk about the 2013 Houston. 2015, Denver was first and one of the best defenses of all time. Um, mm-hmm. 2016, they were second. Um, his first year at the Rams, they were 10th, and then last year they were 4th, and then this year they were 6th. Mm-hmm. Besides the one year in 2013 where just Houston kind of fell apart, I think J.J. Watt was out all of that year. Um, he's had basically top 10, top 15 defenses every single year. Um, yeah. I don't know if this was confirmed but the rumor was that Wade Phillips is going to go to the Browns. Um, Dope. That's great for the Browns. Um, after this game against the 49ers. Oh, shoot. I don't know if we announced this either, but Stefanski was hired as the head coach as, as the Browns. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't which, have too much of a take on it. Which wasn't a surprise. I wasn't impressed with what Safansky has done, especially this past week. Um, like I just didn't like any of his, I don't know. I haven't been that impressed with Safansky the past few games. Um, I do think it's probably a good hire. It's definitely a better hire than Freddie kitchens. Um, I'm just not going to go into this being like, Oh, this is huge. The Browns are going to be playoff contenders next year because it's like, they could be. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to make a big difference on their offense. Um, yeah. But whether in- – I mean, I think the Browns should have been playoff contenders this year anyway, so. Should have been, but they weren't. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was because of their coaching. So yeah. it's whether Stefanski can make that difference. Um, but I'm just not comfortable saying, like, for sure they're going to be playoff contenders next year without seeing their um, mm-hmm. draft and free agency and all that. Um. So, the Rams hired Brandon Staley as their defensive coordinator, and I'm gonna guess you have no idea who that is. Sounds super familiar. Because I had zero clue who he was. So I read an article by the Athletic, um, 
By the way, great publication. I wish it was free because I'm not willing to pay that much money for news, but they have high-quality articles. So if you're the kind of person who pays for... I do love The Athletic. Yeah. so It's it's pretty great. Anyways, they wrote a whole article hyping up Brandon Staley. Um, But so Brandon started his career as an assistant at John Carroll in Division Three football. Um, he went to some FCS team for a year. I don't, I can't for the life of me remember who it was. Um, and it wasn't in any of the screenshots I took, but, um, he didn't do super hot there and didn't like it as much. Um, so he went back to John Carroll as the defensive coordinator and they killed it. Um, they, were top 25 one year they were playing for whatever the division three national championship was one year um his head coach moved to chattanooga um, and he had planned to move to them but he was hired away by the bears to be the outside linebacker coach um and then he was there for two years and then last year he was with the broncos as their linebacker coach um Everything they were saying, they're trying to hype him up as the defensive version of Sean McVay. Like he's this amazing play caller and schemer and reads offenses and this and that. And it's like, I'd like to see him, you know, be a coordinator for one game in the NFL before I start like overhyping this guy. But in terms of who we were going to get, there wasn't anybody that was already a defensive coordinator that I think we would have been able to poach that I was super stoked on. Um, maybe a couple in the college, but I wasn't really paying attention. So yeah. to go with a guy who like might pay off as a defensive wizard, why not? I mean, <laughs> uh, the big thing is at John Carroll, he had a player similar to Aaron Donald, but obviously not to that caliber. Um, so they came up with all sorts of different plays to, to get him against single blocks and this and that. So from what I understand, he's very excited to be coaching Aaron Donald, which I think any, any coach would be happy to be coaching one of the best players in the NFL. Um, they hired Kevin O'Connell as the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for the Redskins last year, which, I wasn't impressed with Dwayne Haskins this year. I don't think he was developed very well. So that's not all on the offensive coordinator. But for for a team that has a struggling quarterback in Jared Goff, I realize we have Sean McVay, and Sean McVay is still going to be calling the plays because um, that's just who he is. Um, I'm not super hyped on a on a coach that didn't seem to do well last year with a struggling quarterback. Um, but who knows? Maybe he's going to make a huge difference and all of a sudden the Rams are going to be Super Bowl contenders for next year. <laughs> who, who really knows? Yeah. More, more, more likely they don't make that much of a difference and mm-hmm. the Rams are just the Rams. But who knows, right? Um. 
that's it. I that's all I got for this week. Um, okay. I'm sure. I, oh, I did kind of want to touch on the fact that so, or Antonio Brown this week just made it clear that he's just never. Oh yeah, he's he's wacky right now. Like that. Did you actually watch that video? Yeah, I did. That. Yeah, I did. That was that was something. Talking to the cops like that when you're in the like uh, like when your kids are getting taken away. I completely understand that getting. Now, I understand being upset. Oh yeah. Some of the language he used, I wouldn't use, but um. Th- that that wasn't the part that had me disgusted. Yeah. The part that had me disgusted is how he talked to his kids. Yeah. Like that to me just that broke my heart to see how he treated his kids. Um because they've clearly had a front row seat to watch this who thing. was once I thought a top mind in the NFL deteriorating mm-hmm. so fast to streaming live on Instagram this ordeal with the like what has to be going on in your head where you think think that that's a good idea this is the time i should be streaming live on 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 instagram but this yeah people will agree with me here yeah so i think he made it very clear he's not going to be in the nfl Um, oh yeah like after that nobody wants him like i really think you should get checked for cte because he just keeps deteriorating, and I just... Well, but you can't check until you're dead. Seriously? That's, that's yeah. not true. That can't yeah. be true. There, there's, there's, no, pe- there's no verification for CTE until someone has died. It has to be a brain, op- uh, brain autopsy. Oh. There, I... there, you can have really good signs. Okay. That it's I just like, know they oh, diagnose people with CTE. So, like, I don't know what that means but i feel like i've they've diagnosed people with cte prior to them dying but i could be wrong yeah Um, yeah so i just googled it a definite diagnosis can only be made through an autopsy after death okay well there's no for sure way of knowing there can i mean there can basically be to the point where they're like yeah you probably have it it feels like you definitely do but it's not a it's not a one hundred percent guarantee. Okay, he still should get checked. Like that's yeah. still something they can look at and either be like, Yeah, it's probably CTE that could be causing you to go crazy, or maybe it's just all the emotional stuff from your childhood coming up or what what have you. But I don't know. Yeah. I just I hate to see somebody that was so amazing at their craft go downhill that fast. Um I don't like the guy, but I hate to see anybody's career do that. So, yeah, um, probably the last time we talk about Antonio Brown for a long, long time. But hopefully, who knows? Anyways, that is in fact all I have this week. Um, okay. So you know, follow us on Twitter at OC Bystanders. Share us with your friends, and see you next week. Peace.